Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bedratty. It is the holiday season. Amazing. It's here again. I can't believe how quick this year went. But we have a fully stocked pro shop, thanks in many part to Bedratty. We have some of our favorite items in the shop available for purchase for you and your loved ones this, uh, uh, this holiday season or your friends that love the fried egg. You know, get them. Get them a gift that keeps giving, merchandise. So uh, a few of our favorite items that we have in there, I, I love the Liam Polo. That's my uh, that's my jam. I like the pocket. I think it looks really good. The Peruvian cotton is just unbelievable. So soft, so comfortable. It's styling, too. You look good if you got to go to, like, brunch after you play golf. You don't want to be the guy wearing, like, the, you know, heavy performance gear when you go meet your wife for brunch after golf. But anyways, also, you know, another item I love, especially this time of year, is the Russell Quarter Zip. Thing is, like, your favorite sweatshirt turned into something that's acceptable to wear everywhere. So, you know, you can wear this thing to work. You can wear it on your couch on a Sunday. It's so comfortable. You do, you feel like you're wearing just, like, a, a regular sweatshirt. So recommend that one. They're both available in the shop, uh, as well as we have a bunch of fairway and green gear, uh, pullovers, vests, polos, and uh, also have a bunch of ZR gear. So we got some pullovers and some vests, some jackets even, and that, all with the fried egg logo. Check it out. Um, we've got the photo prints up there, too. And uh, we're going to extend the Cyber Monday deal just because this pod's dropping now till Wednesday. So if you get on and use the code Cyber Monday Junior, you'll get twenty percent off your entire order. What a great deal! And you're supporting uh, supporting the pod, supporting the website. Today's guest is Keith Reb. Uh, Keith was one of the first guests of, in, in the Fried Egg history. It was when we had a lot worse audio quality. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing then, and. Uh, Keith was uh, gracious enough to join me. I was in his hometown, Winter Park, for a quick afternoon. We actually recorded this right outside the golf course. We were just sitting there watching people tee off, pack golf course. And uh, we talked a lot about what's been going on with Keith, the smashing success of Winter Park, even more success than the last time we had talked, uh, his new project of Forest Dunes with Riley uh, Johns, his and then uh, as well as his restoration work at Rolling Green, and then kind of life balancing between being a shaper for Corin Crenshaw and, and building out his own design business. So without further ado, here is Keith Rep. I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Keith, you're back. Early podcast. Yeah. Impromptu podcast at Winter Park. So we're literally enjoying the park. We're just yeah. sitting here. Yeah, this is a it's a it's a beautiful day. Um it's good to see that you uh survived the possum attack. Uh I don't see any uh signs of rabies or anything here, so 
so that that's good. No no wounds. I'm a I'm city folk. I'm a yeah. new new member of the suburbs. So <laughs> the possum, it's a frightening thing to be walking around yeah. during the day. Like, yeah, they do they do have vicious teeth. They they can. I was doing it mostly for my dog. Yeah. There we go. People people have been giving me a lot of crap. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I'd have to say I laughed. I laughed quite a while about that one. That was a good. This that was some good internet content there. Yeah, yeah. My wife uh, likes to follow me around, and whenever I'm doing anything remotely interesting, film it just in case it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh. So what's uh what's new? You've been so we you were probably like I think our fourth or fifth podcast ever. Yeah. Uh, well, at least it uh, went uphill from there, I guess. After that point, you know, you you upgraded your equipment, and now um, you've upgraded a lot of things, uh, the company, and we're we're we have significantly improved the audio quality. Yeah. That is <laughs> spot on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, I, I remember. Uh, I also remember uh, seeing a couple of your early drone footages. Uh, I think when you took, uh, it might be your first. Uh, the Winter Park. Yeah, first uh, uh, drone footage. Um, I had to put it in uh, Photoshop to actually uh, make the photo even. <laughs> I think it was like off by like maybe eight or nine percent or so. It's possible that footage is still on the internet, yeah. and it was. Uh, it was. It was basically like the camera was diagonal, but a lot's changed here yeah. at Winter yeah. Park since uh, since that footage. Yeah, it's There's busy. Been, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they are. Um, they keep on uh, breaking their records every uh, every year. So it's it's been exciting, and the the city's still investing in it. Um, they invested uh, ninety thousand dollars in it last year. We did some upgrades and. They're getting ready to do another investment next year on uh, this whole patio area that we're sitting on. Um, and have some lounge chairs, a couple TVs, and just kind of make it more of a hang here. Um, so excited about that. Yeah, the it's amazing because you, you go to, I visit public courses, and it's Thursday afternoon. And just a constant cycle down the first tee. The course is packed, you're driving up, and there's people on every hole. And it's just a completely different site than than most American golf courses, especially municipal golf courses, where you know Thursday Thursday at this time is is kind of a closing the doors, uh, locking up, and <laughs> heading home because no one's showing up. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I like to go because nobody's around. Yes. <laughs> I can zip around. But uh, the so what? I guess when you think about it now that. You're a resident of Winter Park too. That's yeah, the new yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. I, I live back here in Winter Park. Uh, I'm about ten minutes away from the golf course, so it's uh, you know, I mean, we we tried to go somewhere else for a while, and then realized that um, a lot of the things that we enjoyed about this area, we we uh, kind of uh, missed. So we're we are back here. <laughs> That's great. When you built this place. I'm sure you thought it could be something like this, but did you ever envision it being this successful? Not at all. And it, it was, you know, I mean, to, to say that, like to think that would be a goal to, for it to be this successful, I mean, of course it would be, you know, we want this to be successful, but no, we just really wanted to build a, a cool course for the residents of, of Winter Park in this area and, and never thought that it would um, kind of become a little bit of a, a you know, kind of a role model to other municipal golf courses of w what they could be. So it's uh, it's been very exciting to see the success of this and and the the effort that the superintendent and his crew and all the people here are working at Winter Park are 
put their uh, blood, sweat, and tears into this place to to make it successful too. It's it's not just us building something here, but it's also the people that take care of it after you leave, and and they take a lot of pride in this place. And it, and, and I mean, you you can see it here every day, the the people working in the pro shop and you know the name they know the names of all the members and the people that play here all the time and it's just uh it's it's uh it's community you know and talk a, a little bit about from the maintenance standpoint obviously it's a it's a different golf course to maintain than it used to be were there any anything that when you were kind of early years of, of the new golf course where you had to kind of hone in and, and, and work with, you know, on, either on the architecture or on the on the maintenance practices? Well, I mean, you know, with the Bermuda grass, you know, it takes it takes some time to just establish over the years. So, you know, I mean, it's it start, it started to get to that point where it's really established and it's rooted down and it's it, it can take the wear and tear and, um I mean, some of the things that we've seen too is a lot of uh, the the shade issues with some of the tre the trees in the in the around the course that needed to be trimmed up, and um, a few needed to be removed, um, mainly because of tree health too, um, that they just deteriorated and it was time for the tree to go, and now that just has helped the the turf immensely. So, um, you know, and just uh, I mean, the one thing we're seeing is just so many people out here playing that. We ne we need now need to look back at some of these tees that we built, and we need to build bigger tees, um, just to, to to handle the wear and tear. So I remember Bill talking about that with the sandbox versus the preserve. How he didn't realize how popular the preserve would be, and how much more tee space he needed. And you know, with the sandbox, he, that was the one of the big stresses is how much tee space you need. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, over um, even so, in May next year, we um, this whole like I said, this whole first tee area is going to all get redone too, and we're gonna we're gonna establish get some more tee space here on the first first tee and make a new putting putting green area and just kind of shift a few of these areas around. We got plans to add more tee space and a little bit of a different angle on number seven, um, uh, and and also on hole number eight. So, and then. This year we added more tea space on uh, hole number five too. So just you're you're tweaking things like uh, Jack tweaks uh, Memorial every day, <laughs> every year. You know, you're, you're like the the win Winter Parks Jack Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> well. Just making tweaks every year after the after the PGA show. Um, so you've been busy. You've yeah, been, you've been doing a lot of stuff. You've been in uh, been in. Uh, Bandon at the Sheep Ranch. You've been in Hawaii at Kapalua. You, you and Riley are got design number two under, you know, grass and and sleeping right now with yeah, winter, yeah. but it'll be ready to be open next year at, at Forest Dunes, a short course up there. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about uh, the second solo gig um, with you and Riley and and kind of. Uh, that opportunity and I know it came together pretty quick yeah yeah it, it was a it was a phone call that Riley and I got we were sitting in San Francisco at that time we landed and I got this message on my phone and and I called Lou back and and man he's just you know hey I'd like you guys to come out and you know build a short course for me <laughs> and we were like well we're kind of busy right now we're trying to figure out how we can you know we were almost like 
kind of almost turning it down because we had commitments with other people and we didn't want to, you know, bail out on them. So, and uh, once I got out there to, to Forest Dunes and took a look at the site that um, that Lou was wanting to build on, and yeah, I just, you know, and there, there was an opportunity to do something pretty cool there. So, and yeah, it really did happen fast. I mean, it was basically uh, 81 days from like start to start to finish, basically, and and grassed out in that in that time and tree clearing, shaping, and grassing. I mean, irrigation, everything. So, it was, uh, you know, Lou had everything keyed up and and, and ready to go. And um, Mark Lutz, the the GM there, um, he just helped you know kind of just whatever we needed he, he got he got it done for us so and it was it was great working with all the staff there and everybody that helped out in the, in the course and it was part of the reason it was successful because everyone collaborated and worked together so it's that's got to be a, a tough thing with being a you know younger architect where you're you're trying to make sure you have somewhere to work but then you have opportunities come up and you know when you make commitments you obviously got to honor most of them mm -hmm. so talk a little bit about over the years becoming you know more of a name in architecture and and some of the you know deciding where to go and why to go yeah i mean it's it is a balancing act and, and you never want to bail out on someone and 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 also you know with i also work with core crenshaw too so it, it, that 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 puts in a whole nother a whole nother layer of making sure you balance your time and you're not, you know, best dealing on someone where you say, well, this is a better course. I'd be, you know, better here and then leave that. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's one thing I find is, is a big challenge once you get those phone calls and, and, um, but you just have to be upfront with them and say, you know, this is the time that we can do this. And if you want to commit to that time, then, then let's go forward. But if, if there's not, then we have to, you know, hold the hold to our our commitments, and and it does help that with Riley and I, with the being two of us, that we can kind of balance a lot of these things too, and and I see that as a a huge asset of um, going into this too. So, I imagine since both of you guys are are so well versed in the field, having both worked a ton in the field, that it's nice that you know it's a partnership where. If one of you can't be there, you you got full trust in the other one to be able to get the field work done and, and build it to the you know the standard you guys have. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, yeah that 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 really helps just to have someone to collaborate with and bounce ideas off of and um, and, and also have someone that challenges you and things too. You know, if if you have an idea and it's a little different from the other person, you have to kind of you know, go to go to bat for your idea and then, then it's either it happens or no. But but it's never one of those things where we walk away from uh, angry <laughs> or mad at each other. What, what's but. an example of, say, maybe one of your ideas that you guys worked with, you know, you, maybe that adapted thanks to the collaboration between you guys? Um, I, would, I would say uh, one of the examples is uh, out here at Winter Park is a uh, hole number six. You know, we the lion's mouth. Yeah, the lion's mouth. You know, we're we're trying to get an idea of how we wanted it to be more of a punch bowl feel to it, but if it had too much of a punch bowl, 
then then it's not going to have positive drainage out of that and it could cause you know turf issues and decline and stuff so we're trying to find that right balance of having something really neat but yet not making it to where it's going to be a a, a a challenge for the superintendent yes almost. yeah i mean we, if you build something really cool and it can't survive <laughs> then it's going to look it's not going to look good and then then people take notice of that so you got the find question that right would be is that, that super cool if it if it if it doesn't if have it, grass if it doesn't on work it. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> so um so i think that was something that we both were looking at and you know we both came with both of our concerns and um i think you know at the end it it's uh you know i think it's what ed says is probably one of his best greens out here with quality turf and um and it's it's a fun hole to play. <laughs> yeah, I think so. definitely one of the most memorable ones yeah. that I think most people remember. Obviously, it's it's just such a distinct and unique green and uh, a fun one because you can play it so many different ways and with so many different shots. Yeah. It's uh, so with uh, with four students, uh, you know, you're designing a resort with two other golf courses, and uh, how's the you know what are the characteristics of the short course that'll be unique to the to the resort? Other than it being short, yeah, I mean, I think, I think a lot of the greens will are going to be very receptive to shots and kind of almost like a catcher's mitt a bit. You know, I mean, when you play at the loop, it's it's a lot of fun, but but you got to make sure you're hitting the right shot into those greens, or you're going to get rejected. You know, so um, I think it's, uh, I think you know, I think one thing with Riley and I like we like to do too is kind of like get an idea of who the people are playing the course. And, and that's one thing that we did here at Winter Park is kind of just almost sit here and watch the people that played the course. And we could see the the, the people that were coming to visit uh, Forest Dunes and, and even the members that are members there and watching them and seeing them. They, they needed something like in the evenings to go hit some shots and go have some, have a few drinks with buddies and just bet and just forget about score and just, just laid laid back golf and and um and then also just a place too for where the kids can go kick around a couple of shots too and 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 enjoy just going out there on their own so yeah i mean it it's in a part of the country that's not but golf could be like a wonderful activity for so many people around there um you know i i went up to ross common when i was a, a kid doing you know some projects with like some work projects mm -hmm. work camp projects and it's a it's a beautiful part of the country and it you know definitely could be a great thing for the community more so than you know the big golf courses yeah, I think it's uh, you know a way to enter into the game there, and you know I I think it'd be cool to kind of get the the community to come out. And maybe the kids have a tournament there that's just local tournament that that are ten and under or something like that, and hit shots around the short course. Um, do you, do you know if they're going to do any sort of community uh, deal with the with the short course or? I, you know, I think I think there's still there's some there's some uh, some ideas kicking around about mm -hmm. something like that. Um, maybe even a little tournament or something like that that could be played up there. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, th I you know it was it was cool when we were building it that you know lose one of his biggest things that what he said why he wanted to do the short course was to have a place for his grandkids to come out and play with him and and. And we had the, uh, his grandkids were out there playing and then Janelle had his stepkids out there and, and uh, we were out, th they were out there hitting shots and 
playing in dirt golf, you know, and, and it was just cool to see them and them picking different places where they wanted to tee up from and, and hit the ball from and just and just seeing that joy of of not worrying about anything but just having fun with, with friends and, and, and not worrying about, hey, what was your last score on this hole <laughs> or something like that. And one of Lou's uh, uh, Jagger, he uh, he hit a shot on um, hole number uh, seven, and he he hit the flag stick. <laughs> so we basically said, like, in dirt golf, if you hit the flag stick, like, that's a hole-in-one. So, you know, so he's got the first hole-in-one on uh, the, the short course out there. So. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah dirt golf, you got to have a little bit different yeah. rules yeah. than, yeah. than regular he, golf. I mean, he just, he flew that, and he just, it hit right on the flag stick. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, well, we got to go make this. I thought we were making this maybe too hard, and now we got to make a little more hard for them so this i i think that's well winter park isn't a short course a short course it's a nine hole golf course yeah. uh, it's a, you know there's par five there's par fours but it's shorter the thing that it does is it makes it keeps people together and it allows generations of people to spend less time apart on the course right you know you're with a shorter hole you're if you if you hit it 150 yards and somebody else hits it 300, you're still playing from the about the same place and walking together. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I mean, the huge benefit to it is just so much more of a social game when when the courses are smaller. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I see it all the time, just driving by um, the course and just seeing the different groups and just people having conversations and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I think I think anybody could drive by here right now and just see how packed this place is, and, uh, and 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 think, man, we need to have this. And why isn't my local municipal course this packed? I mean, and the thing that this is doing too, I think, in the bigger scale of it, eventually, is is that it's not you're not spending money on golf. You're improving an asset that, in this case, is making the community money. You know, it is not, most people look at golf as a, a, well, we're losing money, but we're providing a service. And here you're providing a service and the, and it's making money for the community. Yeah. And, and, and then they're reinvesting that back in the golf course. And it just, you know, I mean, the, the putting course is a perfect example of that. You know, I mean, it was, it was so packed that we had to double the size of the putting course for the, for the kids. And, and that's free to the whole community. You'll, you can be you can go over there right now and you'll see people just walking up with their putter and three balls and just throw down and just putt around for a little while you'll see families there and and that's that's uh that's just really neat to see and yeah i mean it's 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 also helped the city as they look at going on to do other projects in the city to show that hey look how successful this has been i think they've rebranded their tennis courts you know kind of seeing the same things that that winter park's done here with a few of the the rebranding of the the logos and stuff and they've taken that to some of the other projects so they've seen a hey this has been successful the taxpayers trust us and now it makes it easier it makes it easier for us to move forward on other projects so it's <laughs> yeah i think i mean the the big thing with with this community is that they they took a chance and did something different than what the status quo for golf at a municipal at a municipal level yeah. was, and that's the thing that I admire most. Is in a way they're innovators and they're reaping the rewards of being the first mover in a you know a marketplace that doesn't really move, and and yeah. more communities can do it. 
it's uh it's just a matter of having somebody that has the vision to push it yeah. that way. Yep. And that's uh that is a yeah, that's 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 the biggest thing right there is is people wanting to getting scared to not make a move and then then their course just uh you know, slowly disintegrates and <laughs> And then everyone's like, well, look, golf is dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And then like, oh, well, here's a developer that comes along like, hey, this this land here, why don't, why don't you just go ahead and sell this to us? You know, it's we can we can we can bring more tax base and more tax money in for you. We'll just put condos and then, you know, just wipe away all this green space and all these cities. And and, and that's what could have happened here. I mean, the city only owned uh, hole number one and hole number nine. And the year that we did went to do the construction was the year that they actually paid off the loan to from to the family, so they owned all the course. So it could have been easy at that point to them to just sell off the rest of the rest of the golf course. I mean, yeah. this land is, um, it's you know, quite valuable. It's quite, yeah, and 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 there's now um, there's now condos going up um, to the right of number seven now, and those place are going for like 2.5 to, to 3 point I mean million dollars now and the the developer that's doing those condos actually bought a church that was there gave them enough money to rebuild their church back further to the property and now they're putting more condos in right next to seven so that was the thing I when I was doing research for a about the golf course in my hometown that was thinking about closing is I found there's statistics about proximity to golf courses and the value of your home. Like that alone should entice communities to invest in the golf course because the, if you're within a mile of, of a, of a golf course, it's something like $25,000 added value to your home. And, and from that standpoint, it's just crazy to think like, you know, that alone should be enough to to keep a lot of golf courses because of the there's just the value of the property mm-hmm. and for imagine like the, the service of being able to just walk down the street with a putter and there being a great putting course is is yeah. i mean what a great little activity to have to be able to do for free yeah yeah and then you know and then in the evenings when when no one's out here golfing um you can see people just walking through the fairways of, of Winter Park and just enjoying the walk and, um, you know, as long as the people will clean up after their dogs, they can have their dogs out here and run around too. Um, you just have to be a responsible <laughs> dog. That's uh, good. I'm, gonna, I'm bringing the dog yeah, out yeah, next time. Yeah. The, uh, so spe- speaking of, you know, what have you, now that you've been doing solo projects, what have you taken from solo work that's made your work better as an associate for Corin Crenshaw? Ooh, that's, yeah, that's a good question, Andy. Um, I think it's, you know, making sure that, um, that, that you have, that you have enough time on site, you know? I mean, that's the biggest thing. You don't want to be pulled, um, to other things, um, to think about that one a little bit but yeah i mean it's i think it's just uh, still a, attention to detail and it just makes you appreciate more um the relationships you have with the clubs and things like that and building those trusts from the start and you kind of see that going into the golf course as you start building it um 
Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of things. I mean, it's still learning every day. You know, I mean, being out here and and working and learning from Riley and learning from different projects and and, and uh, I think that's I think that's the funnest thing. You never never gonna just gonna master the the golf of architecture. <laughs> you, you still learn every day. So. What's something that you picked up from say your time at Bandon, the building the sheep ranch? I think, you know, with, I think the one thing I picked up there was just, I mean, just more watching when Bill first approached that site and seeing a raw piece of land like that, but also seeing that someone's already done something to it, but not having the tendency to try to erase what's been done before and then try to do your own thing. Seeing him look at that piece of property, knowing that someone else did work on it, but say, this is really good, like, how are we going to work around this stuff and utilize these contours and, and show respect to the other people that have been here and worked on it and and build something cool and neat from there? Um, I think that was uh, a really cool thing there. And just, I know it's nice there when it's, you know, it's nice for me to kind of just take the, to just go back to being creative. I mean, not have to think about, any of the other things are like, oh, well, now I need to, you know, what do I need to communicate to the membership or something like that or, or things like that or what do I need to coordinate? What do we need to order? I can just be, okay, I'm just going to think about shaping this green. And, and that's that's uh, that's nice to kind of just turn your brain off and just get creative. <laughs> so. That's an interesting thought because in terms of the progression of your career, you go and you're going to continue, you know, to get more and more solo projects. But in a way working as an associate in a place could actually spur more creativity in your future work if you if you say took out, if you did you know a couple of months as an associate every year you might be a better architect in the long run exactly yeah i mean it's i i, I guess i can express how much i appreciate you know the way bill and ben allow me to to, to move in and out of core Crenshaw and then when I communicate what a, you know the hey this is going on and Bill will be like hey go get it you know go go for it and and, and that freedom of always having a home with them and, and working with them it's I mean I, I that doesn't happen very often I, and I think that's just something I can't explain enough about how appreciative I am towards Bill and Ben for that opportunity to for them to say, well, hey, well, if you're going out on your own, you know, <laughs> good luck. We'll yeah. see you later, you know, type exactly. thing. Like, uh, like, hey, you're a competitor now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> Don't let the door hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so a mentality. It's, it's a. Uh, it's it's <laughs> something that's. Uh, it's really cool for them to do that, and I think that's. Um, I think it helps me be a, um, you know, a better person. Just working with Bill and Ben and being around them more, the more you can take that time and being around them. But it just also just learning, learning more and being a sponge from them and, and and taking everything in and and see how they approach different things and different projects. So, so something I've uh, been excited to talk to you a little bit about because I've listened to you and and Bill wax poetic about Old Town Club and. I hadn't been there, and yeah. I finally went. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I've just, I've been, you know, I, working on that project and it being such a big uh, part of Bill's, you know, kind of development into mm -hmm. being an architect, what did you 
pick up from Old Town that you kind of see most in Bill's work? I, I would say, first of all, I think if you, if you go kind of, that's when the light bulb kind of went on for me um, and getting more interested and curious about architecture and getting, you know, and, and maybe looking at, you so know. How long had you been with the Corin Crenshaw at that point? Well, so I, I was working with them in 2005, but I was with Cor I was with Landscapes. We were, I was helping them with at Colorado Golf Club. I wasn't with Associate, and I started with them. I'm trying to kind of losing track of time, but Sugarloaf Mountain, and then went from Sugarloaf Mountain to help at Dormy Club for a while, and then this is a little Stream long here. Stream Song would have been in there. Well, right? then I went to Lost Farm, uh -huh. Barn Bugle, Stream Song. And then I went to Old Town, and then I went to Cabot Cliffs. Uh -huh. So, yeah, it was that's kind of that point where I'm like, you know, looking at the history, looking at Perry Maxwell, looking at the the aha moments of okay, this is why we do these certain things on the courses, or why Bill would route something, or why he'd utilize this contour, or why he would give you this run up, or or maybe this contour in the green has kind of got the. It was at that moment I'm like, okay, well now. Now I see where where the and you know part of the influences of what how how much old old town had an effect on Bill, in, in his architecture, and um, and it was just it was for me too the point where I was like you know looking at the old plans looking at the old aerials doing the research that Dunlop and looking at all the all the research that Dunlop had done um, prior to the work that we started there and. And uh, that was that was cool because I mean a lot of times you're just on a project where it's a new build, you don't have to tippy toe around anything. You're just building golf, and this is something where you gotta you know do a little research and and that that uh, that got me kind of yeah like I said a light bulb kind of turned on for me personally too to get more curious about the architecture side of things too. So yeah, that that place is just incredible because. You look at the routing, and what I kind of took away was the way... I don't know many architects that would have routed it the way he routed it over those severe landforms. Mm -hmm. You know, the, A lot of them, I feel like, would have looked for a way around them, and he was just going right over them. And then, obviously, the greens are incredible, but that routing is just unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, I think... I don't know how many acres that, you know, they they gave him the opportunity to look it wasn't just like here's where you're building this golf course there's like, like a thousand acres yeah, like available thousand acres of like what do you think you know and we you know this is going to go off on a little bit of tangent here but like, we were trying to think about okay so when was perry maxwell in like in in philadelphia and he might have been in philadelphia and we kind of look at like Maybe he was influenced on some of the courses in Philly, maybe even Rolling Green, you know, looking at how William Flynn routed and all those guys were kind of talking. as like, did he get influenced a little bit? I mean, that's like someone's got to do a little bit, a digger, bigger dig on, on the history there. But, I, you know, maybe he went to Rolling Green when... In, in, he in did that golf course in, uh, in Philly. Uh, what's it called? I can't remember yeah. what it is, uh, what the name of it is. It's driving. But me he crazy. was in the area. He, yeah, yeah, he, he was. was in the area. He designed a yeah, course yeah. with. It, they say it's Mackenzie Maxwell, but yeah. it's mostly Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. It's a you know public golf course. Mm -hmm. Still, some of it remains. But I I agree. The only person that I could compare um, Maxwell in the terms of the way. 
he routes courses would be Flynn. Yeah. yeah. Like how natural they were and how unafraid they were to use <laughs> heavy concrete. Yeah. yeah. Abrupt contours. I mean, you, you, you look at some of, you know, those greens at Rolling Green or just, yeah, I mean, oh, well, we're going up here, you know, and it's like, and then the side slopes of the fairways, the canter of the fairways, you know, it's like, that's what I think is so interesting. It's like most people would be like, oh, we need to level these fairways out. And he's like, no, we're, we're sticking this fairway right on this slope. And you got to think about how, where you hit your ball here and where it's going to run out to is the best. And uh, just utilizing the, the, the land. And I think that those are the things that Bill was just like, man, he was just taken in. And, you know, he was saying that, there's a spot, I think it's on number 12 there, where there's a little building there, and there was a gate right there, and that's where Bill would sneak through that gate right there, and then he would play the course through, pay his, I think, dollar to play the course, and then go on, but it's just, it's just cool to see, like, you know, I mean, oh, I guess this might get a little kind of, like, out there, but, you know, in life, those we're, little... We're here for yeah, yeah those Yeah, those, those things in life that you don't know the 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 path that that you're taking on it and then you're going down this path and then knowing how much those little things will influence you know things down the road i mean him bill choosing wake forest to go there and then having a perry maxwell i mean just look at those things that like look at where, where we're at now you know i mean with with bill's designs i mean it's just that well was i a, mean yeah. you're kind of the same boat because you were doing construction work Road, like road construction, yeah, yeah, correct? Yeah, doing concrete yeah. work. Um, but, you know, those little things with concrete work and, and those things I learned from that and running equipment then kind of, you know, went right into to, to kind of building golf. You know, it's it's a lot easier to shape dirt than it is concrete. So, And you, you didn't know really anything about golf I when you started working at Sutton Bay, right? No, no. I was, I had no, um, I'd, uh, yeah, I mean, I barely play you know i had no introduction into it. it wasn't a path that i was uh heading down and 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 then just just having the opportunity to go work at sutton bay and just look out at the beauty of the course and and seeing it being built and and seeing what goes into it i was just like okay well i know what i want to do now you know it's like i just want to build golf and and have fun and do this and 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 and, and to be able to now sit here and at winter park with you and, and discuss i mean it's can't tell you how much I'm just appreciative of, of all the people that have helped me through and and inspired me to, to, to be here where I am now. I mean, it's it is it's it's pretty cool. I mean, just to sit here right now and see like five people on the putting green putting around right now, someone's teeing off and seeing this place packed, you know. It's, I mean, it's that's cool. got to never get old is no. seeing people playing a course that you built. Yeah, yeah, it's it is a it is a it, it is a cool thing, and and it's a w one thing why I'm glad I'm glad I'm back here in Winter Park to, to be so close to here and, and and to continue just to see this place grow and it's a, it's exciting. <laughs> so yeah, um, with you know I uh, back to you know Old Town for a second. The one thing, do do you see a lot from those greens that? remind you of greens that you've you've watched bill build over the oh, years oh yeah 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 100 percent. i was like that's that was the first things i'm like okay well this little kind of perry maxwell roll here you know like okay well this is this is something i've seen before and built and and um and, and some of the tier greens and stuff like that and, and the run-ups and the false fronts and i mean it was 
it was a it was a cool cool thing to see and um and then the bunker style i mean you know i mean you know when we first got there it, those bunkers have been i mean they were perfect circles i mean there was no character it was it was it it, it was like oh well we need to make this easy to maintenance for maintenance and maintaining it which is understandable you don't want to have something that's unmaintainable and then is a stressor but when you go so far on the spectrum to where it's zero maintenance bunker it just wipes all the character out of what was there before and 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 scratching back that that creativity and bringing that back in i mean you could just look at where old town was before the renovation i mean they were way off the list of um top 100 classic courses i think and now i think they've like jumped up to like what 45 or 37 or something like that it's it's yeah, just and, uh, and uh, that golf week one i think they're almost up at 20 or yeah, something yeah yeah and it's it's uh it's it's deserved and um but i mean there's also stuff before we got there that they were doing such a good job on is is you know the tree removal so i mean when you look at you know i, I always say that with if you want a, a a great tree removal success story to look at you know look at what old town did and what dunlop did there with with removing tons of trees but you would never know that there was that you know it was done respectfully and and done right and um in the in the courses the views of that place is just unreal looking at you know from some of the tees and looking out over that property to imagine that there was like thousands of more trees <laughs> everywhere you, everything was choked off and um you know, so. I, so you're you're doing restoration work at rolling green which i from I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, but from a property standpoint, really yeah. kind of pretty similar to Old yeah. Town in the in the just the bold, the massive landforms that that the course is routed over. Mm -hmm. But like you know, very corridored off, where almost each hole is a, its own room. Mm -hmm. And now they just approved a tree removal yeah. project, and, and you know I think. Uh, it, it's done for the right reasons. I mean, it, you know, it's it's really has to be. It's the right tree in the right place, and and there weren't trees there in a lot of those spots before. Tons of them got planted, and you got to look at you know the health of the turf, the health of the greens, and um, you know frost delays. I mean, there's so many things that kind of go into um, that are just gonna open the door to and the and the views. But but first of all, the the condition of the golf course. I mean, it's going to be a huge effect on that golf course opening up those corridors. Um, and I'm excited to to see that. I'm going to be I'm heading back up there here this next week, so I'm going to take a look at um, how things are progressing with the, with the tree removal plan. And and you know we're not just taking them all. We're we're picking the right tree. And um, well, and I think that's something that's misconceived. And uh, you know I get it. People think I am just. Oh, cut down every tree. It's like, no, expose the trees that are the yeah. great trees yep. of the property. And if you get the stuff away from it, around it, the tree is just so yeah. beautiful and it's actually allowed to be healthy. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what's happened there at um, Rolling Green. A lot of these trees are so choked off that one over competes and then it grows into the other one and then it gets diseased. And then, well, once you lose that one, well, now you got to get rid of four trees just because one, you know, one's got to come out. So I think that's one thing. And I think, too, I think for here at Winter Park is a perfect example, too. I mean, we've actually planted back more trees than we've taken down. 
but they're in the right spots. We've, we've been able to plant them. We've been able to get the invasive trees that um, needed to come out, and then we've replaced them with pines. I mean, right now you can look at three beautiful pines that are planted over here behind nine, and, and then the, the, the tree um, trimming and stuff like that that's happened around the course too that just helps the, the turf thrive. So it is, you know, everyone says, oh, just cut down all the trees, but it's, it's, it really it does go back to... Um, just the right tree in the right place, and 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 that's. The, the other thing trees can do when you expose trees more is that they can act as like optical illusion and deception. They can put mess with mm -hmm. sight lines and and you know yeah. distance like the way you interpret distances, how far you think things are, yeah. and everything. Yeah. So it's. I think uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. Um, the progression of the, the the plan with rolling green with the tree removal and um, and uh, see the excitement of everyone you know next year when they see it and I know what will probably happen is it'll be like so we took out trees you know and no one remembers <laughs> you know when when it's already when it's been done they they uh, they don't miss them <laughs> mm -hmm. so and a lot of those trees too um, there's a disease in a lot of the trees that they they needed I mean rolling green has done it. They went and had an arborist go through. They marked every tree on the site. I mean, there's some trees that I walked up to, and I can't believe that they have a marker on them. <laughs> but they they went through every tree, checked every health of every tree that was on the site, and then it gives you a list, you know, and, and Brian's got a, um, a tablet that has them all in. He can click on every tree, and he knows what the health is. And, you know, then you got to make a choice. You're going to spend thousands of dollars to treat this tree, or remove it and replace it with a tree that can thrive. Um, so that it just gives you, I, I really commend them for going that route. They've uh, they done their research and um, and the asset of having that information has been huge for, for all of us to look at. So, With restoration work, obviously I imagine you learn a ton of stuff when you're building new courses. How, what's the, is the, stuff you learn and the way you're kind of thinking of of architecture is it the way it progresses when you're doing restoration work is it different than the way uh it does when you're doing a new build yeah i mean the the, the biggest thing is you hear it a hundred times you know you get ready to do a restoration or something or go in that aspect and you're like so we're gonna move this bunker closer to the t's and we're gonna put this back to where it was you know and they and then it comes into the whole technology is it is it going to be relevant you know if we move this bunker we do things and then you're thinking about then then the technology is start steering the restoration and then it's like it's that balance of oh you're going to make the course too easy and um i think we were, we were kind of hearing a really weren't hearing that but it was it was a concern that like even at old town oh we're going to make it too easy at Old Town, we went and we added some bunkers in certain spots um, to kind of help with the technology. Maybe we add a bunker behind a, an, another bunker where you don't really see it, but it comes in play for the big hitter. So now and then you got to kind of turn that kind of thought into it about is that bunker meant to be a visual cue or is it plays in the strategy? And, and especially like with Flynn, like once you kind of think you figured out what Flynn's going to do, he'll do something completely kind of like throws you off in a whole different aspect of things. And you, and once you think you got it, you're like, okay, well, well, well then why this one doesn't make any sense? Why'd you put this bunker here? So, 
I think that's that's one thing we're working with Rolling Green right now is when we first went and looked at it, we were we were taking that thing back to 1926. Like we found, we, we went in deep dive. We we found a plan that had been sitting in an engineer's office for like 90, 90 like 92 years, was just sitting rolled up, and it was like the linen plan that's like looks like a treasure map, and you you know fold this thing open, and it's got the pencil marks of where. You know, even where Flynn was thinking about maybe the 15th green being in a different place, and you know, and you start doing research about different plans that were drawn in that he had he had put up, and then you start seeing little differences of where where things have shifted, and and then you have to figure out well why did he shift that, and you got to kind of put your you know kind of thinking outside the box on why that might have happened. So I think with with uh, with rolling green in that aspect is just it was just so much fun to do the deep dive and find out the history and and where we've now found we've we found the baseline we're like okay this is exactly where we could basically say this is what it was when it opened up in 1926 and then now we can take that information and now we can move forward without doing something that would damage the course and be something that would not go that would go against kind of Flynn's principles on on those things so you and riley did something unique with the you know when you guys got the job at rolling green where you did a massive flynn tour yeah yeah i mean you saw what 20 something yeah Flins? yeah we we went everywhere we were just we wanted to get those uh those you, you start seeing like patterns of things and then you can kind of take that back to to where you and then back to rolling green or or you know maybe that's something that you know that he would do here so you i don't know it was it was really kind of cool to see you know how things how maybe some assumptions have maybe made about what it was or what it could, it's kind of hard to explain but like kind of know how far to take things i guess <laughs> what what were some of your biggest takeaways that you know or or things that after seeing rolling green that the tour might have changed your perception of, of Flynn or something that maybe even something that you take away from Flynn and, and really look at, you know, hopefully using in, in your future work. Well, I think it's, I think it's the, I think to seeing his designs is how almost he was ahead of his time, I think. And, and you know, in the clubs that they were using at that time, and, and some of the shots on some of these courses that he was asking you to make. And you're like, you know, even with the modern technology, this isn't an easy shot. You know, these guys are got, you know, I don't know, uh, got uh, hickories and they're just, you know, hitting this ball into, the, into, into some of these greens and, and just some of the, you know, not afraid to put, you know, fairways on, on side slopes and things. And, and how, and you got to think about how you're placing the ball in the fairway and, and where it's going to run out to and, um, the strategy. And I think too, when you look at, there's a few times where people are like, Oh, we're the most authentic Flynn. And then you start kind of digging back and you got these photos and you start looking and you're like, Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what happened here, but that doesn't, doesn't look like what, it, what it was, I guess. Of of the Flynn's that you saw outside outside of Rolling Green, which one was the one that you kind of took the way took away the most? And if there was one that was particularly you you didn't expect to 
to get as much out of what, what were the um, courses that kind of resonated and stuck with you the most? I think the one that, like, just recently I was up in Cleveland and I went to um, the Cleveland Country Club there, and and that one is like, it's it's the 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 bones are still there. It just you know, it it could use the the bunker restoration and things like that. But man, it's got it's got just some cool character to it, and that's one that I. I really saw was like, okay, what one had the most potential if it was put back or, or had some work done on it? And so that'd be Country Club of yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, Country yeah. Club of Cleveland. I, that place is really cool. Yeah. I mean, there's there's just that funky kind of just the land that he picks. And it's like, I don't know if he had like a standard where he said, well, if you don't have a creek running through your project or, or you don't have this, you know, random you know, hills or things like that, then I'm just not interested in it. Because that's the one thing that you start seeing, you know, some of the things that he would uh, route it over a, over a stream or something like that. And, and um, I mean, there's some of the, the ones right around, you know, Philly that, you know, like Huntington, you know, and seeing some of the, you know, him using that raw land and then a compact piece of property too, but then yet getting the best out of it is, um, something i really really noticed he liked that outside inside right route yeah 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 i mean it's he's gonna take you on a on a uh, a little bit of a journey through different parts of the property and 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 that's what's that's what's really cool um that he definitely gets the best out of it and, um, how how's um so here at winter park you you didn't really reroute anything right no, I mean when we first, you know, we we first try to take everything, look at everything yeah. with a with a blank slate. But I mean, you got everything's surrounded by streets, yeah. and I mean the only thing that we looked at is like, could we do something with like five, six, and seven over there, and do something a little bit different? But it just nothing. With with um, four students with the opportunity, what was what was routing for the first time like? Oh, it was, uh, you know, it was. It was cool. I mean, it was, it was basically that one day walking it. I mean, you just let, you just let your, you know, feet kind of help you with, you know, how would I walk this property if I was just going to go on, on a bit of a journey here? And um, that's what was fun when I first got there, when I first saw the property. I did a, a routing on my own. And then, you know, Riley came in the next time. And then we both, then, then he was able to put his layer on it. And then that's kind of like, that's what's fun is that that collaboration of like, oh, well, that's something I didn't think about, and that's cool, and um, it's just that added, uh, those those added things were neat, you know, and... Um, so, so the way it worked, you you went first, yeah. you you put together a routing. Yeah. Had Riley went, had he seen your routing before he got there? Uh, no, I didn't show him, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we all knew where we were starting from. I mean, it was obvious where we were starting at the pavilion right there, and... You know, I had the routing, and we went, we walked through it, and then he's like, "Well, you know, I, I really feel like if I got to this point, I kind of want to know what was happening this way." So I was like, "Okay, well, let's look at that." I'm like, "Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's cool. That's a cool way to go, and and it and it's cool, but it's a better hole for that for that area." And then we, we both think about how we can make it work. But you know, sometimes when you have a cool idea and something changes there, then it has a ripple effect through the rest of the course, and 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 that really. There weren't many things that, on the routing that we both looked at, that changed that much. Um, the thing that that probably changed the most on the routing is when when Riley got there was, we finished on the ninth, 
and we got to the ninth green, and it's it would have been a, a a bit of a way from from the pavilion. And Riley's like, well, we got to figure out a way to to play back to the pavilion, you know. And I'm like, I'm gonna play back. I'm gonna figure out a way to play back to the pavilion, no matter what, you know. And I was like, okay, well, how is this gonna work, Riley? We, and that's where it was. That well. Can we have the putting green? We're gonna put another green here. We're gonna have crossing holes, and that's that was that was a thing where Riley's one of his ideas was out of the box on making the crossing holes. So, and R when you're there, Riley's got a lot of out of the yeah, box yeah, ideas. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but I mean, that's that that type of like shaking the excess, you know, the shaking the box and seeing what comes out. You know, it's like just you get sometimes in the norm of just thinking one way, but then you got someone that just like, you know kind of just, you know, like, hey, look at this a little differently, and you... And well, I think that's such a valuable thing in the design world, because once you get kind of locked in, you also, the way you view something in anything of life, like, you have your, everybody has their own biases and the way yeah. they look at things, and and it can be great for so many ways, but that that collaboration often yields even better because it's you you can take the two the things that you do best and somebody else might just enhance it a little mm -hmm. bit yeah it's it's really having that you know no ego and and um yeah it's just it's just taking a step back sometimes and and, and sometimes in your mind you'll fight it a little bit you know be like well, I, you know, I mean this is i kind of like this you know but then you start thinking about it and then when you're done you're like why would i have ever had that idea of trying to like uh, be locked in um, into something like this. So that's, it, it's something that I saw, that I see with when working with Bill and Ben all the time. And I'm like, man, that works. And, and when you have someone like Riley, where it's so much fun to be around and joke around with and, and, and have those outside the box things, but like, yeah, just the, yeah, we're gonna do a crossing hole here. One in 10 are gonna cross. And, and when you're there, everyone's like, oh, well, how is this going to work, you know? And when you're there, there's a big tree that blocks you and forces you in that way. And you just got to have golf etiquette. And, and you know, it's it's a place to have fun. And if you're going to get upset because of speeds of play or something like that, like, then just go back to your cottage and <laughs> Well, the <laughs> other thing in, is, like, it, it has to be like a... It's almost like a coincidence where people are at the exact same point at the exact yeah. same time. Yeah. Well, I think, it, yeah, yeah. when you think about it, I think it's also going to be fun because you're going to have the people shout and be like, you know, cheering on the person that they hit their shot on. There are the people on the tee on 10 are going to be watching the people hitting to one. It's just going to create this buzz around that pavilion. And then you got people, you know, if they hit a hole in one, you know, there are going to be people. We built the green on 10, so you have a, a really good view of sitting at the pavilion of the full green surface. So. And we built a bunker that kind of hides a bit of the green, so the ball will kind of hit up on a slope and then tr kind of trickle down into the. And it could be a whole one. You got the whole pavilion jumping up. People are excited, and and, uh, and then you got the guy, you know, running down the fairway there. I mean, it's just it's going to create a buzz that I think I think we need more in in, in golf. It's just that uh, excitement and and uh, fun factor. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> par three is the best spot because everybody has a has a chance yep, on the yep. part T of a par three, yep, you know, yep. you could, you know, even if it's just for one shot, you can beat the best player, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's the, the beauty. And there's a few things more thrilling than a uh, hole in one. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, we're, we'll 
be looking for next year, next uh, yeah. June. Yep. Is it? Yep. Opening. June ish. Yep. And so then I'll have to get up there. I'm definitely. Yeah. It'll be. Uh, yeah. We, we we I think we tried to we tried to get you up there for some rock picking this year, but uh, I didn't didn't see you uh, show up. <laughs> I had, I was. Uh, I was <laughs> I had a busy summer. We had a place for you to stay. had had everything all set up. had had everything, and you just just didn't show up. I, I mean, it wasn't confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Al- it was always a tentative. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody wants to come pick rocks. <laughs> I. I would love picking rocks. Yeah. You know, surprisingly. Well, on the next project, we're gonna we're gonna put you on a dozer. No, and, you don't and want. see and see what you can do. You know, I mean, I, I I've seen the the you know the skills you have to to scare possums, and I wonder if you can like channel something with that to like maybe pull it into to golf design or something like that with building or something. I I don't I don't yeah. think I'm gonna be very useful. <laughs> I've never been, you know, the uh, but yeah. I'll give it a try. Well, you know, one thing, Andy, is you know those I, those who can't do right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll say is that you know. The years of watching the fried egg and and listening to you on the podcast and and the work that you've been doing, um, I'm very appreciative of of uh, of the of what you've been doing and pushing and and uh, firing some shots out there and 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 making people um, question what they're doing and and how they're going about things. Um, I think you've you've made some uh, big impacts on and making on a few things that have happened in the in the industry of. Of, of making people question why are we going down this path and 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 can we do things better and um and i appreciate that uh honesty that you have to people and um and and i look forward to, to more of that and uh and, and i i just hope i don't let you down like when you wanted me to come pick yeah, rocks no 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 you you, you <laughs> thank you, you you've redeemed yourself so yeah. it's been but i still a- will remember that that you're gonna have to you're gonna have extra rock picking duties on the next project. That's so. fine. You know, you gotta just you, you gotta get send me a formal invite. Yeah. You, I gotta get it on the calendar, yeah, and yeah. then it's. Uh, and I'll put it. In, I'll I'll have an itinerary for you in the Google Maps, like to get you exactly to the place if, that you need to go. If you talk to Mrs. Friday, yeah. you know, you you'll find that. Uh, Time management and 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 and. I kind of trusting the Google <laughs> Google Maps and things like that is uh, probably. Something they shouldn't do. I'm I'm a self sabotager. Yeah. Isn't so. it? Isn't it also because like Chicago is all gridded out? You know, is that why when when you when you're working off a grid system on roads where you kind of know where you need to be, and then you get in these other cities that don't have a grid system, and you just get lost. And I I get like you lost. end up like trying to get to Winter Park, but you like end up in Mall <laughs> Millennia somewhere on like I four and like five twenty eight, which is like an hour and like. Well, like two hours from Orlando now. <laughs> I I get lost. Okay. Uh, you know, okay. I wake up lost. Yeah. So yeah. it's well, you, know, you found you found Winter Park, which was a good thing, and and you're actually you, on I've time. Been, I've been here like three times. Yeah, I know. Well. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I get lost just in general with life. So yeah, I'm sure I probably you know my there are a lot of skills that I don't have. <laughs> well, we're all we're all learning, and. Yeah. Uh, that's that. That's a good thing. <laughs> so uh, thanks for coming on, and yeah. uh, well, next time, uh, hopefully, we'll be talking after your next uh, your your eighteen uh, first eighteen hole. <laughs> hopefully, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Thanks, Andy.